When one of my sons was young, when he was playing sports, if he did something that he thought was noteworthy, like, you know, hit a basket in basketball, get a hit in baseball, maybe make a good tackle, he would always just subtly turn to where I was sitting and glance at me just to make sure I was watching. So I would try to watch him very closely so if he turned to look, I could make eye contact with him. Usually I'd just give him a little thumbs up. That's all he needed and he'd go back to whatever game he was playing. But he just needed to know that I saw it. He was looking for my approval. Now it's cute when our kids do that, isn't it? They want, they long for their, the approval of their parents. And it's important that we give it to them. But you know, as we get older, we still look for that. When my daughter was in college, she had her career best round, and neither her mom nor her dad, me, neither of us were there. And I hated it. Uh, I had gone to her, it was a two-day match, and I'd gone to the first day, and I'd watched her that day. My wife couldn't go. She was in nursing school at the time and had commitments on both days. It was a four-hour drive, so I came home the night of the first day because my boys had activities on Saturday, baseball games and golf matches and so on. And so she played that second round with neither uh, my wife or me being there. And I still remember when she came off that last hole, I had a phone call, and I answered it with her, and she said, Dad, I just shot my career best round. And I was thinking, ah, and we didn't see it. Now, many, many years have gone by, but even today, she will say with a smile on her face, you know, nobody saw me shoot my career best round. We crave the attention, the approval of others. And when we're kids, like we said, uh, it's something that we want, it's something that we need. We need affirmation from our parents. But even as adults, we still look for the approval of others. You know, we think thoughts like, oh, in order to feel significant about myself, in order to be liked, in order to feel good, I need to know that others approve of me. I need to be noticed. I need people to notice my work. And it can, over time, if we're not careful, actually become an addiction. Now, fortunately, I've been able to overcome this in my life, so the only time I ever struggle with it is every single day of my life. Yeah, you would think it would be different, but it's still something I struggle with. I wrestle with it on a regular basis. You know, um, someone says or posts on Facebook after a Sunday service, wasn't the music awesome today? And I'm thinking, was there a sermon? Or I've actually quit looking at posts and comments on our Facebook page, especially after Sunday or after a sermon. Just because of what it does to me, I start counting how many likes or how many comments were made or were they positive comments and so on. And I just, I just don't need to go there. And you know, since we've started to uh, record our services as you watch these at home, if you watch them when we stream them at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, you know you can see how many views there are on the screen, right? Well, I decided watching it at 10 o'clock when those views were on the screen probably wasn't a good idea for me because once the sermon starts, 
If those views start going down, well, you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. And by the way, if you're watching at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning, um, I get it if you decide you're not going to keep watching. So just so you know, I'm not watching. If you need to tune out, it's okay at this point. But yeah, it's something I struggle with. And if I'm not careful, the approval of others can even become an addiction for me. And it can drive my life. And when it's driving your life, that is no way to live. Many years ago, um, my wife and I went on a missions trip to the Dominican Republic with uh, one of our kids or more, I can't remember. But we just went to chaperone since the teen group was headed there. I can remember we were leaving an orphanage and we were headed back to where we were staying. And it was in Santo Domingo, which is a large, large city. And it was rush hour. And our bus driver was driving through Santo Domingo like he was trying to qualify for a NASCAR race. I mean, he was going faster than a speeding bullet at times. And he would try to squeeze that huge bus in between places and cars that I didn't think it was going to go. And I can remember a few times just holding my breath and grimacing, and I looked at my wife, and she was doing the same thing. I was so relieved when we finally got back there. And I don't think it was terribly unsafe because that bus was built like a tank. It actually had reinforced bumpers on it as well. But I just remember how that made me feel. Let me ask you this. Have you ever felt that way about people liking you, where it was controlling you, where you needed the approval of others to the point where it was driving your life. Did you know that sometimes what others think of us drives our lives? And that is no way to live. It can become an addiction. Craig Groeschel, in his book called Alter Ego, and he spells alter, A-L-T-A-R, talks about signs that you may be living for the approval of others. And I want to give you four of those signs as we continue on here. But as I do that, um, we're going to put a little box out beside each of these signs, a box that you can check if you're taking notes or if you print out the notes. You can, maybe you actually literally want to check that. But if not, just keep a mental uh, record as we go along here of how many of these you would say apply to you. Okay, so Here's the first one. I regularly worry about what others think. Now, let me describe that for you, but if you think that's true for you, you may want to put a check on that, in that box. Now, we all worry about other, what others think of us. At least we should to some extent. But if it's happening regularly, if it's happening way too frequently, then perhaps you're addicted to the approval of others. You know, like... When we get up to speak in front of people, we all tend to get nervous. Most of us do anyway, right? Or terribly nervous. Why is that? Well, we care about what others think of us. When you post or comment on Facebook or on Instagram, social media of some kind, are you looking for the responses, the comments, the likes, to see how many you get? And do you feel better about yourself if you get more likes or more poor positive comments? You're probably worrying a little too much about what others think about you. Have you ever gotten dressed for something? You went and looked in the mirror at yourself and then turned around and went and put something else on? 
Well, you were caring maybe too much about what others think about you. So if you'd say, you know what, I regularly worry about other, what others think, go ahead and put a check in that box. Now here's a second sign, and it could be this, I am overly sensitive. If you think that may be true of you, you might want to put a check in the box as well. And, you know, I can be that way at times. A hundred people may say something positive to me, but one person makes a negative comment, and I focus on the one thing. I'm being overly sensitive. You get a new hairstyle, and your friend or husband doesn't seem to notice, so your feelings are hurt. They didn't even notice. They don't even care about me. Or we're thinking, do they like me? Did I offend them? You ever feel that way? If so, maybe you need to check that box. Here's a third indicator. I compromise my values. There's something you believe in, maybe even deeply, but you compromise it for the approval of others. You go along with something your friends want to do, even if you don't want to. Why? Because you want your friends to like you. You know it's wise to live debt-free. You want to be debt-free, but you end up buying things you really you don't need to impress people you don't even know. Do you need to check that third box? Finally, here's one other sign. I have a hard time saying no. Someone says, hey, will you do this? And inside we're thinking, no, I don't want to do that. Or, I've got too much to do right now. But instead we say, sure, I'd be glad to do that. Inwardly, you're feeling resentful. But outwardly, you're finding yourself agreeing to something you don't even want to do because you want to please people. Maybe you don't say it to your friends, but your boyfriend, your girlfriend, maybe you don't say no to them because you want them to like you or to love you. So if this one's true of you, maybe you need to check that box as well. Now, why do we do these things? Because what others think of us matters too much to us. But, and don't miss this, if you're not careful, we can become so concerned with what others think that we forget what God thinks. Caring too much about what others think is the quickest way to forget about what God says to you. So listen to Proverbs 29, verse 25. It says, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting in the Lord means safety. And those first two words, fearing people, let's put it this way, caring too much about what other people think, trying to be a people pleaser. We don't think of needing the approval of others as being fear. But when you look down below the surface, that's actually what's going on. We're afraid of what others will think. And that can drive our thoughts and actions. And what happens when you do that? It ends up being a dangerous trap. So how does it trap you? Well, putting the approval of others above what God thinks of you is actually idolatry. Think about that. Because it makes people too important in our lives and God too small. It traps you 
in that it can become one of the greatest limiting factors in your life. If you're a parent and your goal is to have your kids like you, um, if you want to be friends or buddies with them all the time, it could keep you from doing what you need to do as a parent to guide them or to discipline them or to say yes when you should say no or vice versa. If you want to be a leader, whatever the arena is, and you're consumed with what others think, you can't lead because you're actually following them. You have to make difficult decisions as a leader that people will not understand. They don't always have the information that you have. And if you're more concerned about what people think, you may not do what is right. You'll take the easy way out. If you want to be a follower of Jesus, there are times where you'll have to do what is right in God's eyes, even though it may not be popular. You could even be ridiculed for it. If you live for the approval of others, it will rob you of your joy and peace because you'll never measure up. Other people will always be controlling or driving your life. And even if you get their approval, it's going to feel empty and fleeting. The documentary, The Last Dance, just aired on ESPN on Sunday night for several weeks. And of course, it's based on Michael Jordan's Chicago Bulls. I can remember in the 1990s when Michael Jordan was on top of the world. He was the greatest basketball player in the world. And someone asked him if there was anything he wanted in life. This is a man who already had millions and millions of dollars and all the fame in the world. And he said... I would like to be able to go to a movie theater and watch a movie with my family or go to a restaurant and not be recognized by anyone. And you could hear him reiterate that in the recent documentary. What is up with that? Maybe the approval of others isn't what we're really striving for. Before we move on, let me be clear about something though. This is not saying that you should not listen to others. In fact, it's beneficial to listen to wise counsel. What we're referring to here is the unhealthy approval we desire to meet needs that only God can meet. You know, if you're hearing the same things from people who are wise and godly and mature, you need to listen. You know, Proverbs 19.20 says this, get all the advice and instruction you can so that you will be wise the rest of your life. There's a big difference between seeking advice and instruction from wise people and living for the approval of others. This isn't about listening. This isn't what we're talking about today. isn't about listening to others. This is more about living for others. Not living for the approval of others also doesn't give you a license to hurt or offend other people. It doesn't mean you can be abrasive. Being kind, being gentle, being patient are all fruits of the Spirit given in the Bible. In other words, they're characteristic of followers of Jesus. What we're talking about is needing the approval of others at the expense of God's approval. So, how do we overcome this disease to please? Um, I'm, I'm going to give you three ways to do that. But, um, you know, the second half of Proverbs 29-25 already told us that. And it said if we trust in the Lord, in other words, if we look to Him, not to others, 
Uh, that's where we can find that. So let's talk about these three ways to overcome the disease to please. And the first one is this. I must determine what, or I must determine my values and beliefs. What is important to you? What is not? I would hope that the foundation for that would be the Bible, which we call God's Word, God's Word to us. Sometimes we don't really think deeply about what we value and what we believe. But consider whether or not your actions or the way you're living your life are in alignment with what you believe and what you value. Ask yourself, what really matters to me? The Apostle Paul, who wrote many of the books of the New Testament, said this in Philippians 3.8. He said, yes, everything else is worthless compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ. Paul's whole life was about pleasing Christ. It's pretty clear what he valued, what mattered to him, isn't it? So what's important to you? For example, if you highly value your family and your job continually pulls you away from them because of the amount of time you're spending, you need to consider whether or not that job aligns with your values. If you have a friend who is continually pressuring you to do something that you don't believe in or that's not pleasing to God, then that friend is not in alignment with what really matters to you. You may have to cut off or cut back on that relationship. If your marriage is important to you and things aren't going so well, then you may need to talk to your spouse about some issues in your marriage. It may require you to get counseling. Stand firm with what you believe, not caving in even when others don't understand. Because when all is said and done, if you can lay your head on your pillow at night and go to sleep knowing that you acted in accordance with God's will for you, then you can rest in peace. Here's a quote from a book called I Quit. Ultimately, it takes less energy to live from a place where we are actively identifying what's important to us than to live in continuous reaction to the expectations and demands of others. Here's a second way to overcome the disease to please. It's this. I must focus on pleasing God instead of pleasing people. Instead of living for the crowd, you live for an audience of one. You know, the Apostle Paul, we mentioned him already. He wrote at least 13 books of the New Testament. He's a, such a great example of someone whose entire life was focused on pleasing Jesus. Check out what he said, for example, in Galatians 1.10. He said, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Notice that he says if pleasing people was his goal, he would not be a servant of Christ. You can't do both. It's either the crowd or an audience of one. Many years ago, uh, when we changed the way we were doing church, we decided as a leadership team to really focus on connecting with people who were not going to church, who'd had a bad experience at church, maybe who did not like church. And that meant changing some things. It also meant that not everyone was going to be happy with the changes. And at that point, we had a decision to make. 
Do we move forward with what we believe God is calling us to do as a church, even if some don't approve, even if some or many don't like it? And we believe in our hearts that this is what God wanted us to do, even even if some did not approve. Now, I'm not going to lie. It was hard, more difficult than we ever imagined. But I remember having to remind myself of this over and over again. If I can lay my head on my pillow at night, at night and say, God, we did what you we did, what we believed you wanted us to do, then I can sleep at night. Now that's a tough decision. But you know what? It is so freeing. It's one of the most significant decisions you can make in life because God becomes first in your life. You're making decisions that will help move you in the right direction, in the direction God wants you to go. But you have to decide to focus on what God thinks, not on what people think. Here's something that perhaps could be revolutionary to you, and it's this. Do you realize that you can't please all people? Seriously, you can't. You can wear an outfit that some will like and others won't. You can listen to music that some like and some don't. You can buy a car that some love and some hate. You can do your hair in one way and and someone will compliment you and someone won't say anything, but they're thinking, why does she go with that style? And the same is true for your morals, your values, and priorities. As we mentioned, if you're a leader, you have to come to terms with this or you can't lead. But when you make the decision to please God first, it is so transforming and so liberating. You can't please everybody, but you can please God. Let's personalize that. I can't please everybody, but I can please God. I can't please everybody, but I can please God. If we were meeting here this morning, I would say to you, let's repeat this all together. I can't please everybody, but I can please God. And we would repeat that over and over again so it would drive that point home. I can't please everybody, but I can please God. Paul said, don't try to be a people pleaser. I try to please Christ. Becoming obsessed with what people think is the quickest way to forget what God thinks. So focus on an audience of one. Here's a third way to overcome the disease to please, and it's this. I must live from the approval of God instead of for the approval of people. And let me explain what we mean by that. Because it's transforming to internalize this truth. If you're a follower of Jesus, God already approves of you through Christ. So you can live from the approval of God instead of for the approval of people. Here's how Paul said it in 1 Thessalonians 2.4. He said, For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the, mo- our, the motives of our hearts. And it says, approved by God. That's past tense. Already approved. When Jesus came to earth and lived a sinless life, then died on the cross and came back to life three days later, that opened the door for us to have a relationship with God. God. 
We can be forgiven of our sins. Jesus took all His sin, all our sin on Himself, and we receive His righteousness when we accept what He's done for us. We can trust in what He's done for us. We become part of God's family, and we're approved of God based on what approved by God based on what Jesus has done for us. If you're a follower of Jesus, when God looks at you, He doesn't see your sinfulness. He sees the righteousness of Christ. You won't be liked by all people, but you will always be approved by God. Let that sink in. My worth is based on what God says about me, not what people think about me. So when you're struggling longing to find the approval of people, wanting to please people. Remember, your worth is based on what the Heavenly Father says about you. When my kids were little, and I, I wanted them to know how much I valued them. So I kind of had this thing that I do pretty regularly when they would go to bed. Um, as they were lying in their bed, sometimes I would just lean down and say to them quietly, Hey, if God lined up all the kids in the world and let me pick any kid, do you know who I'd choose? And they would smile and say, me. And I'd say, yes. And that's how God the Father feels about you if you're a follower of Jesus. Approved. Already approved. Chosen. Live for the One who, is, who already approves of you. Now, one other thing. Sometimes the person you have the most trouble pleasing is yourself. Can anybody here relate to that? I'm that way. I have a friend who is so smart, so gifted, does everything with excellence, and yet when I talk with him, sometimes the first thing he does is think about what went wrong, what he should have done better. And I hate it that that overshadows for him sometimes the positive impact that he makes and how God uses him. Don't let self-criticism become a burden that you have to carry. You know, I'm so guilty of this. So I've had to learn to go through this little exercise in my head pretty regularly. And it goes like this. I say... Did I prepare the best I could? Did I give it my best shot? Did I ultimately do this to please God? And if I can answer yes to those three questions, then I can live with that. I can be pleased. And if something goes wrong, or if someone isn't happy, or it doesn't measure up to someone's standard, then I can say, oh well and move on. So here's the squad goal. And it's this. Live for an audience of one. The one who loves you. The one who died for you. The one who already approves of you. I'd like to pray. God, thank You for your love, or your affirmation. When we go to the cross, that's so clear to us. And my prayer is that each one of us could just grasp what it means to be approved by God because of what Jesus did for us. 
And my prayer is that we can be freed of this approval addiction and letting what others think of us drive our lives. And that we could just live for an audience of one. And so my prayer is that whatever we're struggling with, that you would help us think deeply about how we can live for you and not be so concerned about what others think. Jesus, thank you for dying for us, for coming back to life, to giving us forgiveness, for offering us eternal life, for giving us the opportunity to be children of God. And it's in your name I pray. Amen.